Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Kelly Roach. She is the host of top-rated podcast, Unstoppable Success Radio, an international best-selling author, and the CEO of Kelly Roach Coaching. Today, we're talking about building a legacy in your business and how, while that sounds intimidating right now, and especially intimidating for a lot of us, especially if we're in the product-based business realm or have smaller businesses to start, But Kelly really helps bring the conversation to the table, no matter what type of business you have, no matter what stage of business you're in, and how you can make intentional small decisions every single day that are impacting the legacy and the lifetime of your business and and what you want to leave when, when you're done, whether you're selling or you're retiring or you're just moving on to a new adventure. I really think this one gives a lot of good ideas on how we can be more intentional in every day and more strategic in the decisions that we're making in our our business. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. We are super excited to have you here. I think more often than not, our strategies that we talk about are really meant for that business owner who is just starting or just trying to figure out and grow and really get their feet on the ground. And it's it's rare that we have someone come on and kind of talk to the people about Okay, but either once you get a business established, sustainable, or if you're there, what do you do after? And what do you do to make sure that the legacy of your business, the impact of your business, the reach of your business lives on either after you sell it, after you retire, after you try something new for your kids and all of that big picture dreamy stuff that we maybe like to think about, but feel like it's not for us and our ideas and our hobbies or our passions. And so I know you know a lot about about how to create that. So I really think let's start on A, why that could be important for creative business owners to even think about doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for all business owners, thinking about legacy and making decisions every single day that your future self will be proud of is the best kind of rule of thumb to live by. And 
the reason why I decided to do so much speaking about this now is I think, and especially for creatives, I think that in this culture of I want it now, it needs to be now. And if it's not overnight, you suck and you're not like doing the thing. And especially for people that are doing something more artistic in nature, more creative in nature, where your product may take time to develop and your idea may take many, many evolutions to actually come to fruition and and to present the way that you envisioned in your mind. I think thinking about the legacy that you're creating is the number one most important thing that's going to allow you to win in business. Because really, when you think about legacy, it's two things. It's one, making decisions today that you're going to be very proud of and, and grateful for in the future. And two, most importantly of anything, it's patience. (laughs) which none of us have (laughs) none of us have it is a practice and a virtue and none of us business owners have it and it is the most important thing to focus on because you can't possibly make the right decisions out of the need for instant gratification or out of a lack of patience to follow through on what you're truly capable of and what your your true potential is right yeah Yeah. Well, I think for me, it's equal parts lack of patience and lack of confidence that I am talented enough to leave a legacy or that I could build that. Like that's pretty epic to say that you could do that. Yeah, I truly believe, and this is another reason I want to talk about this because I know a lot of entrepreneurs feel exactly what you just said. And that's why I'm I'm trying to push this message out in the world. You know, I think the calling in and of itself to become an entrepreneur is the calling to leave a legacy. You know, it takes a lifetime to build a truly world-class brand and a business that has a really meaningful impact in the world. And even though we all want to do it in six months or a year, and, you know, many of us have success in six months or a year, it's nowhere near what you're capable of if you commit to your craft and you commit to building a legacy over a lifetime versus measuring your success in such a micro fashion that you sacrifice the macro because you were too impatient to believe in what your true potential was and follow it all the way through. I mean, I think when we all start off, you know, everything goes wrong and everything's hard, right? Like even as you're getting bigger, I have a team of seven people. I still feel like everything goes wrong and everything's hard sometimes. I um, said this to Abby the other day. I said, what are we doing? I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> Yeah. So, so scratch that. I, I, it, it isn't just when you're new, it's forever. Um, you have those moments of glory where like, yes, everything fell into place. Everything is going how it's supposed to, but a lot of the time, if, yeah, if you're, if you're stretching yourself the way that you're capable of, and you're actually trying hard enough, then a lot is going to be going wrong in any given time because you're learning through so many things. Right. But I think a legacy at the end of the day is work that lives on beyond you and an impact in the world that's bigger than you. And anyone who has the calling to be an entrepreneur is not only capable of that, but I think responsible for that, right? That's a big responsibility and a lot to lean into. I know the struggle I think Emily and I have had isn't necessarily scaling. Like we're not afraid of growing. We're not afraid of like pushing the business, but thinking about where it ends or like where it transcends and then not being ours anymore is very much a scary, like 
blank space where I can't even comprehend. Like what happens when I'm 40 and like, I'm just not the young person that people were drawn to in the first place. No I mean, one wants to see my face anymore. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm not saying 40 is the answer. I mean, I know a lot of people who are 40 and look way more fit than me, but I think it's just comprehending where it could go is really hard for people. So how can we work on our mindset to start thinking more long-term? Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost, instead of thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't comprehend where this could potentially be like 10 years from now. And, and what will my role then be? I think of it more from the standpoint of making thousands of little decisions incrementally every day that instead of closing you off from possibilities, open you up to them. Like they always say with money, for example, like if you save and you're not in debt, you have lots and lots of choices, right? And when it comes to business, if you make hundreds of tiny good, positive, incremental decisions every day that are just like the right decisions for the long term, meaning you're not sacrificing the long term in order to achieve short term gain, then you're opening up and opening up a wider and wider and bigger and bigger possibility for the future. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to have the exact plan. You have no idea where you're even going to want to be five or 10 years from now. But what you want to try to do is every day make incrementally positive decisions that open up possibility for the future. So positive decisions that open up possibilities for the future. And you that doesn't need to be these like big sweeping decisions that are like so important. It's really just making decisions every day. Like, should I do this or should I not? And how will this impact the positioning and the perception of my brand? Right. And, and those are little things, little decisions that we make in the course of doing business every day, how we treat our customers, how we show up online, what we share, what we don't share, our interactions with people in, in our, our, within our market, right? Like it's in those little things. They're so meaningful. They're really, the little things really are everything, you know? So how can an artist, we have a lot of, especially fine artists listening. How can people who make their thing create a legacy if not everyone can be like the next Picasso? Well, so there's so many different directions you can go, right? And and for everyone listening, what you have to decide is, is your goal to scale where ultimately you want to grow your role from being solely the artist into the CEO and and teach other artisans and assemble other artisans and have lots of people that can help with your vision for what you want your craft to be, to be brought to the world? Or do you maybe want to remain an artisan, keep the business small, but secure like really meaningful opportunities with maybe big names or maybe with meaningful organizations or in very specific places that allow you to leave a legacy and to really create a brand statement that way, right? So big is not always necessarily better. It's are you going to be like the best craft, the best artisan with the highest positioning from a boutique standpoint that can yield very high dollars for the pieces that you create? Or do you want to go on the other side where you want to scale and you want to develop lots of artisans that can recreate your vision and perpetuate your vision in the world in a bigger way? 
right? And there's no right or wrong. But I think it is important to have a vision and have a plan and also know yourself and know what kind of legacy do you want to create? Is it a legacy of volume, of serving people all around the world internationally? Or is it a legacy of meaning in the place and the reason and the why behind what you're creating and who it serves, right? I think so often when I think of legacy, I think about like handing the keys to my future children, to to a business that they can take over, to having that like family generational thing happening. But I think what you're saying is really bringing up the fact that legacy can mean so many other things and it can mean being some having some sort of impact on the world it can it can mean having something your future children can just be proud of they're not necessarily taking over but they're just looking back on your life and they see what you've done so talk to me about other ways like legacy plays a role like it's not always financial and if so what what are those ways yeah i think that's really important that you bring that up because what you have to realize is in many instances family members do not want to take on the family business and so that's number one number two a lot of times when family members are pushed into taking over the family business they're resentful of it they're not happy about it however When I think of legacy, I think it is absolutely important that what you do with your business in some way, shape, or form creates a better life for the people coming after you. It doesn't mean that your business will be passed on within the family, but certainly you don't want to build a business that is one day going to be shut down and not going to be able to be sold for something or continued in a meaningful way that... Uh, you know, allows for the people that come after you to be better positioned. And so I, I do think there is a huge financial component of legacy, but I don't think that that's everything, you know, because, you know, there's many instances where beyond a certain point, you don't even want to pass on that financial abundance because over and above a certain amount, you're actually hurting your children more than you're helping them because they now don't need to learn self, you know, strength and and confidence and all that. So it's like, you know, everything in moderation, they say, right? Like, and I think when you think about legacy, it's exactly the same way. Like the financial element of it is one component, but I think what you said there is exactly hitting the nail on the head. It's impact in the world. It's how your family remembers you. Heck, Legacy for you might be, you know what, you grew up with, you know, two parents that each worked three jobs and they were stressed about money all the time and you never saw them because they were always at work and you're always with the, the babysitter. And legacy for you might be this business that you're running allows your spouse to be a stay at home parent and you're not rich, but you're comfortable and you're happy and you're present for your family. And the impact that that has on shaping the life of your child, it can't even be quantified, right? So, you know, I think it's the relationship that you have with others. I think it's the difference that you make in the world. I think it's what happens with the business when you're when you're gone. I think it's, you know, absolutely the, the financial component of putting the people after you in a better position than they would have been left. But I don't think that legacy does not need to be millions of dollars in the bank. I, I think... It, legacy needs to be defined by the person that's intentionally creating it. Well, 
I think that's been my struggle is I've either always wanted to put legacy in a box like that, or I've always told myself that unless you can measure the effect when you're done, then you didn't leave anything. And I think it's really interesting to kind of bring the perspective of like, it might just simply be changing your kids' life that then changes their relationships and their kids' lives. And on like, that's the legacy that is the legacy. I mean, I look at Madison. So, you know, when I, a couple of years ago, when I had Madison, she just turned four. I retired my husband and he's been home full time with her since she was born. And I feel that was the most important decision of my life. Literally, I, I hands down feel that was the most important decision of my life. And I look at her confidence her independence, her personality, her socialized skills, like everything about her has been impacted by that decision. Her life will be better for the rest of her life because of that decision. And that decision is as a result of my business. And so I, I think like reshaping legacy and really making it personal to you is so, so, so important and not having anyone else's definition of legacy impact the value that you place on what you're doing on your journey and, and those decisions that are so unique to you and your family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I think a lot of people in our audience have said something to the effect of, oh, well, I never want to be a CEO. And I think that the title of CEO comes into conversation when we talk about legacy, at least for me, because I also attribute like, okay, even if your business isn't giant, like you've got to be the boss to like leave this kind of history behind. So talk to me about other examples that you've seen where it's a tiny business that still has the opportunity to do that. And what decisions are they making that aren't necessarily CEO, but still legacy leaving decisions? Yeah. I mean, again, I think that there's a lot of small business owners that are running very boutique firms that have a handful of clients, but have developed really meaningful and impactful relationships. I mean, I even look like, so I'll give an example. I mean, we're, we're a bigger volume business and I am a CEO, but that's my aspiration. That's not to say that that needs to be anybody else's aspiration. But like something to me when I look at legacy is like, we try to make donations, little donations every month to Charity Water. Well, we keep a tracker on our website. I think we gave 77 people clean water so far for life. So for the rest of their life, there's 77 people out there. I'll never meet them. I don't know them. But I know that for the rest of their life, they have clean drinking water because of our business. Well, Anybody can do that with a small boutique business. We're not doing that because we're a big company. We're doing that just because it matters to us to be making a difference in the world for people that can't afford to do business growth strategy because they don't even have water. They don't have shoes on their feet. They're spending eight hours a day walking four hours one way and four hours the other way just to get clean drinking water. Legacy comes in so many forms and fashions. You do not need to be the CEO of a big enterprise to make meaningful decisions every day. And I think that's kind of what you're asking is like, well, how does that work if your desire isn't to build this huge business? And my answer to that would be make meaningful decisions every day from right where you are. That would be my feedback. I love that of owning where you are. And I think we talk to our students about this all the time. And it's more from the standpoint of like, focus on profits and and be productive and use your time wisely. But but it's exactly this too. It's making smart business decisions every day that aren't letting you get distracted, whether it's on social media or learning something else that's not going to help you untap your next, like whatever that may be, right? But making those tiny decisions every day is what's leading you to bigger and better things. That's it. 
That that's a hundred percent it. And that's it, guys. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And and the really cool thing about that is when you focus on making the right decisions on a small scale every single day. If at some point in the future you decide that you want to build a, a big business and you want to take this all the way, well, now you have a business built on systems and infrastructure and and good business practice and principle. So it doesn't matter. Like do it the right way and do the right thing for the right reason from day one. And the possibility possibilities are endless for where you can go and what you can do, you know? Yes, absolutely. Well, talk to me more about the the sellable business side, because I think building to leave a legacy and building to sell, like they can go hand in hand, but not necessarily. So talk to us about some of the differences, because I feel like a struggle that we've seen, not only in our business, but for other businesses in our industry is that you become so much the brand that how can you make it sellable? Yeah, that's exactly it. So the difference between a sellable business and a legacy business is that any business can build a legacy no matter how it's run or how big or small it is because of all those things that we already discussed. Every business cannot be a sellable business based on the way that it's run and built. So when you think about a sellable business, there has to be assets, infrastructure, profit outside of the business owner. So meaning if you remove the business owner from that equation, is there still a functioning company, an infrastructure, profit outside of you taking a a reasonable income, the ability for the business to continue on without you. And, you know, obviously there's a lot more to it, trend lines and, you know, all of that stuff. But I mean, to, to keep it basic for this conversation, a sellable business has to be able to change you out of that business and, and still be able to function, grow and prosper, right? And so if you're an artisan or a creative and you start off and and you are the only one doing your thing, that's how every business starts, right? And the biggest thing I think every business owner comes up against as they grow is the, the belief system that no one can do what you do the way that you do it right? You're so special. You're so unique. Your product is so unrepeatable, right? We all have that little bit of ego inside of us, right? But at some point you do just have to decide, you know, you do have to decide. And, you know, it doesn't need to be an all or nothing switch that you flip. You can bring someone on part-time and say, hey, I'm going to test this out, you know, and I'm going to see how this goes, teaching someone how to design and, and manufacture and create more of what I do and see whether or not, like, see how this feels for me? Is this right for me? And, you know, what does that look like? You know, I I think that if you choose that you do not want to build a business where you have a team and where you have a replicable, repeatable thing, then what you want to think about is running profitability high enough that you can save enough over the course of running your business on an incremental monthly basis that you're not you know, relying on selling it because it will be hard to do if you don't build that infrastructure behind you. Well, I think that's, that's where we are because, you know, it was selling digital products. We're not, we're not selling design. We're not selling services anymore. So I can't teach anyone like that type of skill. I could teach someone maybe how to sell like some of our products, but people are buying our energy, our motivation, our partnership in helping their businesses grow. And unless like it's literally from one of us, like that's, that's not part of it. And so, 
it's interesting. I had to kind of like shift my mindset around like, okay, well, if that's not an option, it doesn't mean I'm still not building a great business. And it doesn't mean I'm still like, I can't leave something behind, even if like when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing too, is like, as your business grows, you realize that there's a lot of complementary and coinciding products and services. And so I wouldn't shut yourself down to the idea that, yeah, right now you're selling digital products, but over the course of the next three to five years, you have no idea how many different directions this business could go. And you may end up where you have different segments of the business that are doing different things. And there may be some components, in fact, where you can hire a staff that can replicate and repeat, you know? So anything is possible. Everything is possible. And I think, you know, again, I think if you focus on systems and infrastructure and good business practice at the baseline in every decision that you make, then you will have so many choices. And when you get really fired up and passionate about a direction that you want to go, you'll find a way to make that work, you know? So I was reading through your site a bit. And I think it's interesting. Like, I definitely feel the strategy coming from you. Like you have a background in which that just makes sense. But you talk a bit about mindset and wellness playing into that role. And I feel like wellness was something we like ignored for a long time. And then finally, we're like, okay, we literally cannot grow anymore unless we start taking better care of ourselves. So talk to me a bit about how those two things play into both sellable and scalable and legacy building. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's everything. I have shared very publicly, you know, on my podcast, in my live streams, to my email list, like with my community that, you know, well, first of all, one of the main reasons why I started my business and, and wanted to get out of the corporate world was because I felt that it was impossible to maintain the pace and the weight. I was running 17 different locations. I was traveling all over the country country. There was no space or time to take care of myself. And it was definitely impacting my health. And and I knew that if I continued on that path, that I probably would end up like either in the hospital or with an early heart attack or something along those lines. But to me, what I've learned in building and growing my business and, and definitely in observing hundreds of business owners that I work with in my programs is that when you sacrifice your health and wellness to grow the business faster, it always comes back and, and crashes. It always comes. And and that little bit that you maybe got ahead in the moment by cutting your sleep or not exercising or eating like crap or whatever it is, you pay back times a hundred. I've experienced it. My clients experience it. My podcast guests share it all the time. I mean, it, it's a consistent theme. And so for me, I've gotten to the point now where like last year I made the definitive commitment, I said, from this point forward, exercise is going to be a regimented part of my business day. I'm going to consider it one of my core business growth strategies. I committed to bringing in a trainer multiple times a week during the day that I work with. I pay for all of my team members, gym memberships. I have them work out three times a week during the business day. I've made it an actual part of like our business culture because I think it is that much of a driver in your ability to grow and succeed in a sustainable way, in a sustainable way. No, for sure. For sure. I feel like I ignored it for so long. And then 
I got in an accident and it was like a slap in the face. And so like working back towards it, it was so hard to get my strength back. But it's surprising that if if you've ever made it any sort of effort towards it, like it comes back to you like riding a bicycle. Like, oh, it's amazing. I mean, I I shared a story the other day. I, I had a call. I had a call day. I think I had 16 back to back calls and I was like burnt like burnt. And, you know, I have a four-year-old, so I transition out of this job and I go into my next one. You know what I'm saying? So I, uh, but I said, you know what? My husband had walked outside with her for a couple minutes. And I said, I'm going to take five minutes. And I'm just going to like exercise really quick. And literally I felt like, I felt like a completely different person. Like I took five minutes and I just said, before I go like into this situation, like a burnout, like mess, I'm just going to like you know, get it, get it back together for a couple minutes. And you're right. You're exactly right. Like any amount of effort that you put in, it starts yielding like immediate benefit right away, energetically, especially. Well, and to come full circle with speaking of legacy of like you taking that five minutes to like, almost like a drive home from work (laughs) to like, then greet your family, you're greeting them with a different attitude, a different positivity, a different energy, instead of like, Oh, today was long and I'm drained. And giving that perception off about your job to your daughter and your family, it's just like ticking all the smart decisions every day. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I mean, I think for any business owner that's committed to the long term that, you know, exercise is what drives your energy and your energy is what drives your behavior, your action and your results. So at the end of the day, like exercise is at the root of that. And like, sometimes like we go a long time and we're not doing it and we don't realize it. You get so numb to your underperformance that you don't realize you're underperforming is what happens. That's exactly how I was for years. I hated working out. I've I've been and I've been really lucky my entire life of like stayed relatively fit while doing nothing. And thank jeans. Like I have excellent jeans for that because that is not any of my ability at all. But I, you start to take advantage of that. And as they all say, the older you get, like the harder it gets and all that stuff. And so when my daughter was born, I was like, man, I got to take this seriously. If I'm like wanting to run around with her when she's ready to do that. And when I, if I'm wanting to go to these places, I need to take care of myself. And I know it's going to have a domino effect for the positive in all of these other areas. And I made it my mission this year. And I'm really proud of myself. I've done a lot. Uh, and it's, it's like completely changed my day to day and my energy and just like feeling how my my actual body is stronger sitting, stronger standing, stronger just doing regular everyday stuff. I'm like, oh man, that was bad. Like last year was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, my husband and I have that conversation every single day. And, and I think it's a huge part of legacy. It's like, you don't feel like doing it in the moment, but it's like, who do you want to be? Like, who do you want? Like, really? Like, who do you want to be? Because this life, like, it's busy and it's a strain and it's heavy, right? And so, like, if you want to be the person that really shows up and, like, brings full circle, like, why are you even doing all these things that you're doing? You, you got to take that next step and, and make space for it, for sure. Right. Well, and I think you brought up an interesting point earlier where you said that you have your people work out during the work day. I, I, well, and I want to just say, I know Emily works out really early, but I have chosen to not get up any earlier and I go to the gym 
when I would normally have started work. And I come back and I sometimes I miss two hours because by the time you work out for an hour and shower and all of that, it can be a lot. But I get more done on those days every single time. And like, I think to other people, sometimes they look at it a little bit annoying. I don't think Emily does, but I think there's some people on our team that are like, you're like, oh, good, go away. (laughs) But like, how important is it to even if it takes away from your working time, like, talk to me about the impact you've seen on your employees and stuff. Oh, I mean, I think my employees are some of the most productive people in the world and their engagement level in the business is so high. Their commitment level is so high. And when you have an employer or a team member that actually gives a shit about you not ending up having a heart attack at your desk or ending up with diabetes because you're obese or ending up having a mental breakdown because you can't handle the stress because you're not taking care of yourself, that changes what someone's willing to do, whether they need to work on nights or work on weekends or pick up extra hours or do whatever they need to do to make it work for you when you are intentionally making decisions to have their best interest in mind. And you cannot underestimate the impact of the message that that sends to the people that you work with when you take care of yourself and to the people that work for you when you're encouraging them to take care of themselves. It's like actually caring about the human, which is so rare. I don't think enough can be said for that. I I wish that there was someone in my life that had been that for me. And so that's why I try to be that for my team. Hey guys, we had some technical difficulties at the end of this episode and part of the audio did cut off, but I promise you that you didn't miss anything entirely epic or outstanding as you've already gone through the meat and the goodness of the majority of the episode. If you do have any questions for Kelly or for us here at TCC, please feel free to reach out. You can say some nice words, comments, or ask your questions inside of our community at thinkcreativecollective.com slash community. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.